0: Welcome to Capital Edge Church. We have a fantastic message for you that we hope challenges, inspires, and moves your heart for Christ. Let's get into it. Today I am the last in line to share with you on what we've been talking about for the month of May, being the I Am statements that Jesus spoke about Himself. And so tonight I want to share on his statement of I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. When I was younger I had an issue with sleepwalking. With sleepwalking. Is there anyone else here tonight who's had similarities? I know that on our youth camps at times we have had students on our camps that have had issues with sleepwalking and we've had to basically lock them in at night so that they didn't run away. But I was one of those kids back in the day. And at my old school, my primary school in South Australia, um, year four was the first time that you went on an away camp. There was like a year three sleepover, but year four was when you went away for the first time. And so I went on this camp and one night... On this camp, I decided obviously in my sleep, I don't know if it was a decision actually, but I ended up sleepwalking all the way from my bunk bed. I was on the top bunk and I managed to get down in my sleep. And these were huge dormitories, about I reckon 30 30 beds. All the girls were in one and all the boys were in one and it was a combined campus type thing. And there was a big toilet block at the very back of the dormitory. And somehow, in the middle of the night, while I was asleep, I managed to walk from my bunk bed all the way to the toilets and lock myself in one of the toilet cubicles. And, of course, I didn't realise this until partway through the night I woke up a little bit from my sleep. And I realised that I was sitting upright and that the ground was hard and I felt around me and all I could feel was that I was enclosed in a tight space by four walls around me and I had no idea where I was. For a split second there was panic. There was panic. I thought that I had been buried underground or something and obviously I wasn't quite awake enough though to make my way out of that situation and back to my bed. And I ended up falling back asleep in the toilet cubicle. And then it wasn't until the morning when the sun started peeping through the frosted glass behind me that I woke up to the light and I realised that I had walked in the middle of the night into the toilet cubicle. And in that moment... The second time I woke up and there was light, I realized that I was not buried underground, that things weren't as bad as they seemed. I knew exactly where I was and I knew exactly how to get out of that situation and it was very simple. It was very simple. There was, in that moment, the second time I woke, there was a huge sigh of relief and that was just a little bit of light Coming through the window that woke me up and enabled me to calm down and get myself out of that situation in the morning. Now, as I said before, tonight I want to talk about the light of the world, the light of the entire world. And just like in that situation, that little bit of light in the morning made a world of difference to my situation, the light of the entire world has and does make the biggest difference in our lives and in every situation that comes across us on our path in life. In John chapter 8, verse 12 is when Jesus makes this statement and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me... You won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The light that leads to life. Everything was designed to thrive by the light. When God created the world, when he breathed light into being and then he separated it from the darkness and then he created everything else to thrive by the light. And in the same way that everything was designed to thrive in that way, under the light it brings clarity, it brings warmth, it brings energy, it brings peace and I could go on but all of nature relies on the light and in the same way you and I are designed to rely on the light of Jesus Christ. That is why he was sent because we had an issue of darkness that needed solving by the light. By the light. It's funny how sometimes we want the clarity and we want the warmth and we want to thrive and we want the energy and the simplicity and the confidence and all of those things that comes with being in the light. And we want all of those things, but we aren't relying on the true source of light. We aren't relying on Jesus, the light of the world, to bring that into our life. I used to work at um, Specsavers in Belconnen and I remember on the days that I would wake up when it was dark to drive out to Belconnen and I would work all day in the light in the artificial light of the mole, and I would come out at the end of the day when the sun had already gone down, and I remember just feeling yuck and feeling blah on those days because I hadn't had any interaction with the true source of light. Isn't it funny how sometimes we set up these little ecosystems for ourselves and we look for other sources to bring light into our life, and yet we're depriving ourselves... Of the true source of light. There is only one. There is only one source of light. Jesus said, I am. It's singular. It's without exception. He is the one true source of light. It's not going to church even. It's not spending time with your family and your friends. That's going to bring light Into your life. Those things are great, but they're not the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ, the light of the world, not a light of the world, the light of the world. In the same way that we've been talking about how He is the only way to the Father, He is the only source of true light. He's the only one who cannot be overcome by darkness. He's the only one. Just like at my year four camp, just like I couldn't see where I was and I couldn't see the way out. I couldn't see that things weren't as bad as they seemed. I couldn't see the the beauty of what the next day held until the light came through that window the next morning. By Him, we see everything. By Him, we see everything. We can't see clearly without Him. We can't see our sin clearly without Him. Without him, we can't find our way around without him. We have nothing to light up the path before us without him. We have nothing to follow. We can't experience the fullness of life that we were designed to have by living by his life, his light. You know, before Jesus makes this statement about himself, we, re- we come across a story of a woman and his interaction with this woman who's that's one of the greatest displays of what the light of Jesus does in a situation and it's the story of the woman caught in the act of adultery and starting from the beginning of John chapter 8 it says Jesus returned to the mount of olives but early the next morning he was back again at the temple a crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them as he was speaking The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest. Until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. Here we see this woman who pretty obviously is living a life in the darkness. She has issues in her life. She has sin in her life and all of a sudden this gigantic spotlight is put on her in front of a crowd. There's this huge spotlight on her. I'm sure it was incredibly awkward for her. I'm sure she was incredibly embarrassed in that moment. I'm sure in that moment she would have wished that the ground would just open up and swallow her whole. I'm sure that in that moment she would have much rather have stayed in the darkness. The religious leaders, they're pointing their finger at her. They're using her as a prop, as an example. They They don't care about her. They're trying to trap Jesus. But really the joke is on the Pharisees in this story because Jesus saw the heart of this woman who was living in darkness, but he also saw the hearts of the Pharisees whose darkness was just in secret. It was just buried below the surface a little bit more. And he saw their hearts. But the woman, she was exposed before everyone. And the thing is, though, that being exposed before Jesus was the best thing that could have ever happened to her. It was the best thing that could have ever happened. Happened to her because by being exposed before Jesus, it meant that there was an opportunity for his light to be shone into her situation and for him to touch her. She was exposed, but because she was exposed, she was healed. She was healed. No one likes the feeling of being exposed. No one likes, well, I know that I don't like And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I don't like sometimes having conversations that I don't want to have and being a little bit too real with people sometimes or a little bit too vulnerable with people. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. But Jesus wants to heal the things that you've been fighting to conceal for a long time. He wants to heal those things, Because when Jesus shines a light on something, it's to heal it. It's to fix it. You can't fix your problems, church, in the dark. You can't even fix your problems by yourself. Because we all have this darkness within our lives that can only be overcome by the light of Jesus Christ. He is the only one. He is the only one. You know, I don't know too many kids who are afraid of the light. I don't know too many. While the light is on, I know as a kid, I was fine while the light was on. You just walk around and you're brushing your teeth and putting your PJs on and getting ready for bed. But the second the light goes out, you just run to your bed and pull up the covers. I remember sharing a room and being on the top bunk and if I turned off the light, I'd quickly scramble up there as quick as I could because I thought things were going to grab at my feet or something strange like that. But I don't know too many kids that are afraid of the light. The light isn't what we should be afraid of. It's the light that's the safe place. It's the darkness that we should be afraid of. The light is the best place. The light that Jesus shines on us is to heal and fix and solve and bring solutions and to restore that's the light of the world the best thing that you can do with your sin the best thing that you can do with your hurts and your offenses and your your problems the best thing that you can do is expose them before jesus and bring them to the light whether it be that attitude towards another person whether it be an area of temptation, whether it be a mistake that you made a long time ago that you've never been able to get over, whether it be an unforgiveness, whether it be thoughts that you struggle with, whatever it is, the best thing you can do is bring it to Jesus and expose it before him. One of my favourite preachers, Rich Wilkinson Jr., he says, anything that is mentionable is manageable. If you can mention it, if you can bring it to the light, then we can work with that. It can be solved. And you know, when you do that, church, just like with the woman, his answer is not, oh, yeah, you deserve to stay in the dark. That's pretty bad. That's not how he responds. He responds mercifully towards us. Darkness is not in Him. He doesn't solve your darkness with equal darkness. That's not how it works. He gives us better than what we deserve. And He responds with mercy and with grace. He illuminates the sin or the problem in your life, but He also lights up the path out of it. He lights up the path out of it. You know, some people... Some people never find their way out of their problems because they're exposing them to the wrong people. And I know it's hard hitting tonight, but it's for me too that God showed this to me. It's, it's the truth. Don't bring your problems to people who won't bring you to Jesus. Your friends can't solve your problems. It is Jesus that can shine his light On that, If you're bringing your problems to people that are going to validate how you feel about your darkness, if you're bringing your problems to people who are going to set up camp with you in the darkness and make it cozy and make it comfortable in there because misery loves company, right? If you're bringing your problems to the wrong people, you can't find your way out. If you are bringing your problems to people who can't shine a godly perspective on that situation then that's not the answer that's not the answer you need friends and you need to be the kind of friend that is gonna pick you up and take you to Jesus like the lame man on the mat imagine if they just sat down with him and gave him a sandwich every now and then so that he felt loved and comfortable and validated no they picked him up and they took him to Jesus so that he could be forgiven and he could be healed he's the light of the world be that kind of person. Look for that kind of person. You know, I've never felt closer to God than in the moments when I have exposed something to him that he has illuminated to me that's an issue in my life in order for him to deal with it and fix it and overcome that thing. When I've allowed him to have his way in that situation and when I've, when I've stepped out of the dark in that thing, can I tell you there has always been extraordinary grace on the other side of that, when everything could have fallen apart, when I deserved consequences, and of course there are consequences for some of our sin, but there was always grace, there was always grace, His favor was always upon me when I made that call when I trusted him in Romans chapter two verses four, I love I love this. It says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness that puts you on a new path, a better path for your life. He lights up the sin. He lights up the problem, but he shows you a way out of it. And this is true time and time again in the Bible, and I'm sure it is for a lot of us tonight, but it's true for Saul in Acts chapter 9. I'm sure a lot of us have heard the story, but Saul was a bad guy, just like the woman. He was living a dark life. He was out killing Christians. That's a pretty dark place to be and one day when he's on the road to Damascus this bright light from heaven comes down and blinds him and he falls to the ground and the spirit says Saul Saul why do you persecute me and he says who are you Lord and the response is I am Jesus whom you're persecuting there's the exposure right there and then the Lord says to him, now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. And so Saul goes to the city and he's blind for three days. He's blind for three days. And during that time, the Lord is speaking to a man called Ananias. And he's saying that Saul is God's chosen person to bring his good news to the world. And, and Ananias He is at first, he's afraid to go and find Saul because he's been killing Christians, but he does and he goes and he prays with him. And the Holy Spirit comes upon Saul and changes his life, puts him on a new path. He goes from Saul to Paul. His name is changed. His vision is restored in that moment. And the Lord has put him on a new path for his life. And he goes on talking about what God has done for him and in his life. You see, when Saul encountered the light, he wasn't just made aware of this sin and then went back to his old life. He didn't just stop killing Christians and then was like, okay, cool, I won't do that again, and then he went back to living the life that he lived before a new path a better path was revealed to Paul God God shone a light and got his attention in that moment in order to blind him from his old life his plans of his own and put him on a new path for his life and can i tell you today that Jesus does the same for you he has a plan for your life he has a purpose for you and I don't know about you but there have been times in my life that I have I have had moments of confusion about what his plan for me is and working with the youth and being around them I know that a lot of them have been in the same position as well and I'm sure that there are people here who have had the same sort of confusion I've tried so hard at times to figure it out And I've been really frustrated, honestly, at times that he didn't light a bush on fire to talk to me or didn't send me a donkey to talk to me about what his plan is for my life. It's frustrating. And behind that is this desire. It comes from a good place, but there's this desire and this fear that I'm going to miss him with my life, that I'm going to miss the whole point. And I think we think of... God, we think of him as this tiny little light at the end of a dock that we have to really focus on, that we have to aim for, that we have to hit it bang on. But that's not the truth because the truth is that Jesus is the light of the world, that he is everywhere, that he can shine his light in so many different places, in so many different ways and down so many different paths in your life. In Psalm 139 verses three to six, it says, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for for me to understand he is before you he is behind you he is beside you everywhere that you go as long as you're in the light church he's a big target he's a big target stay in the light and he'll reveal the way Stay in the light and he'll reveal the way. The thing is that when we pray to God and we ask him for direction for our life and when we ask for him to direct us in his plan, we want him to tell us what to become, not the next step to take. We don't want to start walking the path. We want him to give us a really elaborate map with all of the details so that we can decide if we want that one. We're so funny like that. We want all the spoilers for our lives. But Proverbs 16 verse 9, it says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Yes, he determines our path and our lives, but he does it through steps. He does it through steps. Following his way is about consistent obedience not instant revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about consistent yeah. obedience, not instant revelation. See, the Lord gave Paul a task at a time. He didn't show him the whole picture all at once. He had to, first of all, just get up off the ground. That was the first thing that the Lord told him to do, to get up off the ground. Then he had to go to the city. Then he had to wait a little bit. Then he received the Holy Spirit. Then he started sharing his testimony. Then he started hanging out with the disciples. Then he started preaching and teaching. It was steps. Steps. It reminds me of, has anyone seen Monsters, Inc.? It reminds me of that scene every time I think about it, of when Sully is laying out the Fruit Loops on the ground to try and get Boo to go to bed, and she's picking them up one by one to find her way to bed because they they don't want to touch her because they think she's toxic. But that's not the same for you and God. That bit's different. But that's what I picture every time I think about His plan for my life. Is that it's in steps. It's in steps. If you want him to illuminate his way for your life, then stay where he is and allow him to lead you one task at a time. It might be one conversation, it might be one enrollment in a course, it might be one apology, it might be one connection with another person, it might be one bold move. Just follow that, follow that one thing and then follow the next thing and then follow the next thing. And the closer you get to Him, the closer you hear His voice and you learn to trust Him and you delight in following Him. You know, if He gave us a map for our life in an instant, then we wouldn't need to walk with Him. It's about relationship. Isn't that the whole point that Jesus came? The whole point that Jesus came was to be in relationship with you, to be the connection between you and the Father God because you were separated by this void of darkness that we're talking about. And he sent Jesus as the light to bridge that gap. One thing that I've heard my dad say before is that God doesn't see your sin because the sun gets in his eyes. He blocked out your darkness and made a way for you to come back. It's about relationship. When Jesus makes that statement of being the light of the world, he says, if you follow me, you will not have to walk in darkness. In interior design, there's this concept of borrowed light. And basically, it's when you have rooms or spaces where there's not access to direct light. And so you use other methods to try and reflect light into those spaces so that it's livable and so that it's usable and relatively comfortable and so we do all these other things and it's all about you know things that reflect the light or small openings high up or whatever whatever but there's borrowed light and there's direct light and it's not ideal to hang out in spaces for a long time that Are created with borrowed light. And the same goes for you. Can I tell you, church, that the closer the better? The more direct you are to His light, the better. Don't create your life in a space that is indirect from Him where there's just enough light to be comfortable, where there's just enough light to not get completely lost, where there's just enough light to feel safe and secure. The closer, the better. He is the light to live by. The light to live by. Because when He's the light to live by, the next time that darkness starts creeping into your life, the next time something comes against you, you're either going to feel the confidence of knowing that the light is inside you and the darkness cannot overcome it, or you're going to feel like you're being swallowed whole. He's the light to live by. And Paul knew this so well, because the Spirit of God was in him. The light of Jesus was in him. And so he knew that when he ended up in prison, he didn't panic because he was in the darkness. He didn't panic because he couldn't go out looking for the light. he knew where it was, and it was inside of him, because he had accepted the Holy Spirit within him and the light of Jesus within him. He knew where to go. And so he didn't panic. He didn't think he was out of options. But instead he starts singing and praising God. Back in that verse in John chapter 8 verse 12 again, it says that you will have the light of life. Not you have to look for it, but you'll have it you don't have to find it he is in you he is in you so they sang they sang praises oh he picked me up he turned me around he placed my feet on solid ground I thank the master and they praised God they praised God I love that song because it's about Paul and it's about me about you. They needed breakthrough in that moment and they knew who could do it. And he was inside of them. If you need breakthrough, go deeper, not wider. You don't have to look for it. He's inside of you. Press in. Go deeper into him. In Romans 8 verses 11, it says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. That's where it's at. And they start singing and the ground starts shaking and the chains start falling. And they start escaping. And yet again, Paul is free from his sin, from his shame, from his old life. And he's received breakthrough to continue on the path that God has made for him because he has a plan and a purpose. And when they start singing, the other prisoners, they can hear. They're listening. You know, the light of the world lives in you. And if you start singing, if you start pushing into him for your breakthrough... I'm sure the prisoners thought it was a bit weird. And I'm sure that there are people that think it's a bit weird that when you have issues, you go to Jesus and you pray and you press in and you sing. It's weird, but it's the only way. It's the only way. And the prisoners, they hear. They hear. You know, if he can do it for you, then he can do it for someone else. But are you going to sing about it? Are you going to praise Are you going to push in? Are you going to let Him shine out of your life so that other people can see? I'm trying to teach my baby how to sleep better at the moment. And one thing that... There's so many rules for parents these days. Flip. There's so many rules. But one of the things that they say is that their room has to be pitch black to sleep long stints because any light coming through the cracks in the room signal to them that it's time to wake up and it's a bit like that for us it's that in the darkness it just needs a crack of light shining through your brokenness your circumstance your hurt just a crack of light is going to signal to somebody else that it's time to wake up there's time to wake up there's a whole lot of people that can be woken up when you let the light of jesus shine through your situation there's a whole lot of people in matthew chapter 5 it says you are the light of the world a city on a hill No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine before all men so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Church, the light of the world, He makes all the difference. All the difference. He is the answer. He's the light of the whole world. That means that for every person, there is the one answer of Jesus. Maybe tonight you're here and maybe maybe you have things tonight that you need to expose before God. That you need to bring to Jesus and let his light come into that situation. He is good. Maybe tonight you're here and you need courage to let him direct your steps along the way. Or maybe you're here tonight and you need to start praising before your breakthrough. Church, why don't we stand? I'm just gonna pray for us tonight as a whole. Lord God, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you for the gift that is Jesus. We we sung it before. What a miracle. What a miracle that he was sent to us, Father God. And I thank you that he is the light of the world, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would shine into every heart and every life here tonight, Father God. Lord God, I pray for those who need to expose things before you tonight, Father God. I just pray that you flood their lives and their hearts with your mercy, with your grace, Father God. Lord, that you would heal whatever needs healing in their circumstance, Lord. I pray for those, Father God, who need direction tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you give them courage, Lord, to follow you all the days of their life, Lord, to take up the next task that you have for them. Lord, I pray for courage. And Lord, I pray for those that need breakthrough tonight, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would bring joy into their hearts and into their lives tonight, Father God. Joy to be able to sing, to be able to praise you, Lord. Remind them of what you've done before, Father God. And Lord, I just pray that you would do it again, Lord. Lord, won't you do it again for them, Jesus? Lord, we thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord.